glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Now Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. If you look for the word listen in the Bible, to my knowledge, the word listen is only used one time. The the Spirit of God and the Bible as it's been given to us and preserved for us uses more commonly the word hear. There's different kinds of hearing. Uh, You ever had somebody say something to you and you say, "I, I, I hear you, I hear you. But if they asked you five minutes from now what they said, you'd say, I don't remember. Because you heard, it registered, you, you clearly understood what they said, so you heard, but we weren't listening. When we're looking at the word hear tonight, it really it carries in the, in the meaning of it, meaning to hear on purpose or to listen. And so all of us have an ear for something. Uh, if I walk in a store and they're playing, there are certain stores that I shop in and I don't stay there real long because their music annoys me. Absolutely, they not only have rotten music on that makes you feel jittery and nervous and uneasy inside, and if you hear the lyrics you wish you hadn't, then they play it really loud. You think, I think they're trying to cycle people through here as fast as they can because their music makes me want to get done and go. Whatever I got to get in there and get out and go. I don't have an ear for it. But as other music, if I heard it, my ear would go, man, did you hear that? I'll tell my kids. I've got an ear for four-part harmony. You, 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 you play some music where you got the old, not even the barbershop quartet, I suppose, as much, but you get a group of men that know how to harmonize with the ladies. Mongo sounded that harmony, sounded good. Man, that catches my ear. I got an ear for that. I like it. I enjoy it, right? If I hear, um, if I hear somebody skillfully playing, um, you combine, combine a guitar and a mandolin and a banjo, and you put all that together skillfully. People call that bluegrass music. I got an ear for that. Some people say, I can't stand it. Well, more power to you. I like hearing the wind instruments. But I'll be honest with you. You start hearing somebody banging around on something and calling it music. I'm, I'm not interested. My point is this. We all have an ear, naturally speaking, for certain things. How many of you have ever noticed this? You ever been out in public and you hear somebody say a part of a Bible verse? I mean, I can hear that from across the store. They just, they just reference the Bible. Right? I remember standing one day in a thrift store and me and one of the employees were having a Bible conversation about talking about prophetic things. And you could tell some woman walked by. She said, I just moved here from California. You would never hear this kind of conversation where I came from. It caught her ear. You with me? You ought to ask yourself tonight, what kind of thing catches my ear? What, what catches my ear with the, with the intent of, ooh, I like the sound of that. That can be good. It could. It might encourage you and say, well, praise God. I do have some spiritual uh, life in me. There, If I hear the word of God, if I hear good preaching, if I hear good music, it catches my ear. Well, that's good. Or it may be something that would serve as a warning to us. But here's what I want to say tonight. We, need, we would need to go beyond what catches our ear. I believe God tells us, I know God tells us, that if we're going to obtain a prize, we're going to have to be temperate in all things. Does that include in our hearing? Meaning we're going to have to have some principles by which our ears are guided. There got to be some principles that guide our ears. And I mean that literally 
And, of course, our figurative or mental ear, no doubt, what we have a mind for. And so we're going to look at four things tonight. Again, as I said, primarily out of the book of Proverbs. But the Bible says in Proverbs 1.5 that a wise man will hear. One of the things that you see repeatedly, if you could see my notes tonight, you'd see a page and a half full of verses out of Proverbs that speak of nothing except for what we hear and how we hear. Now, if Proverbs is a book on wisdom and every chapter, it seems, deals with hearing and how we hear and what we hear, I would say this, a wise man knows how to listen. I believe this with all my heart. Wise parents listen better than they talk. You learn to hear your children. You you learn to listen to what they're saying so you can hear what's going on in their hearts. They might not just spell it out, but you've got to learn to listen. I believe this, wise children learn to listen. Whether we're talking about literally children to their physical parents or us as God's children, wise people, the Bible say, will hear the instruction of wisdom. Wise people know how to listen. And so we want to be wise people tonight. We're children of God. God's children are supposed to be wise. And so let's consider, as I said, these four principles. While we've started in Proverbs, I want you now to go quickly to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James has been called the Proverbs of the New Testament because it is five short chapters that are packed full of wisdom for the child of God. James 1, 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally, and it shall be given him. So James lays forward a number of principles. You have to remember that when you read the book of James. A lot of what you're reading is a principle. It's a rule that applies broadly. And so in James chapter 1, this is a verse that's been very near and dear to me for a long time because the Lord has used this verse like a sword in my hand to defeat some temptations many, many, many times, and I need it yet today. James chapter 1. We're going to read verses 18 through 20, but we're going to get our first principle tonight on how we should hear out of James, and then we'll work our way back to Proverbs. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 18, of his own will, speaking of God the Father, begat he us with the word of truth, meaning us getting saved and being born again was not man's idea, man's purpose, man's plan, or man's power. God came up with the plan of salvation, not man. It was his will. It doesn't mean God saved you against your will. It means he originated in his own will. God decided, I want to save mankind Man did not decide that. Uh, We would have been lost forever if it were up to us. Verse 18, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And we're to reproduce the nature and the character of God in our lives. Verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, because we're first fruits of his creatures, we're, we're, we're born of God, let every man be, what's it say next? Swift to hear, slow to speak, Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Undoubtedly, we could preach an entire message just out of James 1.19. Wherefore, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Here's why, verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Remember, you're supposed to be a first fruit of his creatures. You're supposed to be producing righteousness in your life. James says, let me, let me get down to some a principle here. If you're going to produce righteousness in your life, you're going to have to get your ears and your mouth in order. You're going to be swift to hear and your, and your spirit, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. By the way, I believe it's in that order. I believe it's not in that order on accident in that this. If we say, I'm going to be a good listener, how many times 
have we fired off something from our mouth because we thought somebody said something? What did you say? We thought somebody said something. We were sitting on our, our saddle of pride. Somebody said something that made us look bad, or we thought so, and we retorted that quick with some snarky comment because we knew what they said. Because if we were them, we know what we would have said. And we fire off, next thing you know, they say, why are you like that? You're always like that. I say this and you think I say that. Man, the next thing you know, 9.9 times out of a 10, arguments start with a tongue saying something that never should have been said in the first place. How many times would we be wise? Now, I'll get to the tongue later, but may I say this? we got to say, I will listen quickly and talk slowly. Meaning, I'm going to listen intently. That doesn't mean I'm going to talk like this so you can't understand what I'm saying. Or talk like this. No, you understand exactly. I'm going to be quick to listen and slow to talk. And you know as well as I do, that's, that's against our nature. We are quick to say our mind. We say around our family, well, we Neils are quick to speak our minds. And that's true, the Neils and... We have to let God help us with that. But I may mean, I say that's true of a lot of folks. We are, we are swift to utter our opinions or whatever it may be. And the reason is we're not listening. God says, I want you to be swift to hear. I want you to be quick to listen. When I'm speaking to you, I want you to pay close attention. When others are speaking, I want you to be paying close attention. So the first thing I would say is this. Uh, the principle would be this. We should hear swiftly. We should hear swiftly. We should be quick to listen. Listen, I believe all of us enjoy being listened to. When you're, someone will listen to you, help me here tonight. When someone takes the time to listen to what you have to say, what does that say to you back? So when someone listens to you, does that say something to you? That says to me, they actually care about me. It communicates genuine concern when you'll keep your mouth shut and just listen. Uh, sometimes, have you ever been in a situation like this? You're either witnessing to a lost person or you're trying to give advice to someone. Maybe you're talking to your mate. Maybe you're having a conversation and you think, I don't know what to say next. So the natural thing to do is just say something. That's what Peter did. The Bible says on the Mount of Transfiguration that he said to the Lord Jesus, let us build here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias. And do you know why Peter said that? The Bible says because he didn't know what to say. So he had to say something. And so he said something that was really stupid, actually. I mean, God the Father spoke to Peter from heaven and said, This is my beloved son, hear ye him. Meaning, stop talking and listen. He, Peter, in one quick statement, because he didn't know what to say, so he said, let's do this. He puts Jesus down on the level of the prophets. Something one chapter prior, he said, was not the case. My point is this tonight. There are times where we just need to purposely say, I'm not going to talk right now. I'm going to listen. I found this in dealing with folks that are having extremely difficult problems. Yeah, I don't know about you. Gentlemen, help me here tonight. Your wife comes to you with a problem. What do you want to do? Fix it. And the best way to fix it is talk about it. Like real quick. Now, I don't mean talk, 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 talk. She wants to talk and she doesn't want to fix. She just wants to tell you about it, right? We know that's true. But what I say is, I already know the solution to your problem. You're, you're, I see what causes a problem, how to fix a problem. If you give me two minutes, I can have your problem fixed. I'll tell you what's wrong, why it's wrong, and how to fix it. We're done. Right? Sometimes, the best thing to do is just... And listen. I have found some problems that are very complicated. While I'm listening, I think I know what the problem is. 
the longer I listen, I go, now I see what the problem really is. And sometimes you can be dealing with somebody and they're telling you this. And I'm not telling you they're trying to lie to you. They're telling you this, and I think this is my problem. And if you'll just keep listening to them and the Holy Spirit of God, all of a sudden the truth will come out. And with one statement or one question, you can ask a question that gets right down to the root of the issue simply by being swift to hear. So the first principle is wise ears are swift to listen. We should hear swiftly. That has to be a decision we make. The Bible says, wherefore, because you're God's children, begotten of God, let how many men? Let every man. Ladies, you don't have to listen swiftly, just the men. Let every man, right? No, no, we understand what God means. That means every person, every child of God. This means if God commands it, then we have to make a decision. I'm going to honor that command by by purposely and intellectually, I mean, intentionally deciding... I'm going to listen fast and wait to talk. I'll listen immediately. You start talking, I'll listen very closely to what you have to say, but I'll wait to speak until I know what I'm supposed to say. So that's a decision. Number two, there's a danger in not doing so. James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness to God. If you listen slowly, speak swiftly, you're going to be swift to wrath and we're going to produce sin. We will sin with our mouth and we'll sin otherwise if we're hasty in our speech, hasty in our spirit, and slow to listen. I've heard men say, and don't misunderstand me, I don't think you can do some natural process, but there's some wisdom in somebody saying, if you're in a, an exchange and you want to fire something off, just count. Just start counting yourself, and you come up with a number, but before you open your mouth, you just wait first. Count off a number before you say something you shouldn't say. I can't tell you the number of times I have said something and think, ah, I shouldn't have said that then, I shouldn't have said that there. There's been a few occasions where I want to say something, I felt the Lord saying, don't say anything, be quiet. And later I think, I am so glad I kept my mouth shut. All right? So it has to be a decision. I'm going to listen right away. Talk later. You can always say something later. But the fact is, swift to hear, slow to speak, that's a decision. And the danger in not doing so is it brings folly and shame to the name of the Lord and to our own testimony. Look, if you would, quickly at Proverbs 18, 13. The Bible says this, by the way, and I didn't write this reference down in the book of Proverbs. Even a fool is considered to be wise when he holdeth his peace. You know what that means? Even a man that's actually a fool is thought to be wise simply because he keeps his mouth shut. (laughs) We might think a guy's intelligent because he didn't say something. And by the way, this is, I believe this, this applies to giving advice. This applies to, to, uh, uh, saying something in, in in response to someone because they irritated us or whatever it may be. The general rule is listen first, talk later. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. The Bible says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. I can just pick on me. I've had more than one occasion, I can promise you, where someone starts telling me something, and they're, gonna, they're looking for an answer from me, and I start giving them advice before they get done telling what they're telling me. By the time they get done, I realize, oh, that's not what you were asking. <laughs> and you know what you feel like? An idiot. I don't know about you, but I think, well, I just gave advice and it's not even what they were looking for. I answered a question they weren't asking 
I, or maybe your child, you rebuke them for something they didn't do because you answer the matter before they hear it, before you hear it. God says if you answer too quickly because you listen too slowly, I mean, before you even heard what was being said, you had an answer, it's going to be folly and shame unto you. And so then, the first principle is the wise ear, the wise person listens swiftly. We are quick to listen, slow to speak. Number two, we should listen or hear submissively. Back to Proverbs. I have a slew of verses, and I'm just going to work our way through these as quickly as I can, but not too quickly so as we can hear what they have to say. There's, As we looked at a number of verses last week that deal with the ear tonight, a number of these, again, dealing with the hearing, but specifically, how many verses are given on hearing instruction, the sayings of the wise, and counsel? You'll notice sometimes we're told, listen to instruction, hear commandments, but there's other times where to hear counsel. Is there a different difference between counsel and commandments? Oh, absolutely. May I say this? My four-year-old does not get counsel. That was there's no good for him. He doesn't need counsel. He needs commandments. But our 19, almost 20-year-old gets counsel. Not that he never gets commandments, but he's in a different phase of life. And the wise person, how many have ever been here in your Christian life? Well, I'll do anything God tells me I have to do. I will always obey his commandments. The wise person goes beyond just listening to commandments and says, I'm going to listen not only for the, the, the absolutely clear revealed will of God, I'm going to listen for the heart of God, meaning I will do what I'm told, but I'll not just do what I'm told I have to do. I'll do what I know he wants done. I heard an illustration like this one time. Okay, uh, The illustration was a little girl was out playing with her friends and her mama had company coming over for supper and she said, honey, I want you to come in, help me slice up some potatoes. We have company coming, the little girl's in the middle of roller skating and because mama commanded, you come in, you help me with supper, she took her roller skates off, said, yes, ma'am, come in. She started dicing potatoes and doing all mom told her to do. That is listening to and obeying commandments. But the, the story would go on to say a couple of weeks later, company's coming over again and mom woke up that morning with a headache and she's had a hard time all day staying up with her daily tasks. And little girl says, mom, uh, not, not thinking about mom being sick, do you care if I go and play with my friends? And mom says, that's okay. And her mom thinks she's such an obedient girl. I want her to enjoy her friends. And little girl notices her mom. She says, mom, you feeling okay? She says, I'm fine. I'm okay. I've had a headache today and have a little bit of trouble. She says, don't we have company coming tonight? We do. Uh, do you have work to be done? We do. i gotta, I got to get some things ready. But honey, I want you to enjoy your friends. And the little girl says, you know what? I'm going to stay in here and help you in the kitchen. What can I do? The, the first time, she's obeying what she's told to do. The second time, she's seeking the heart of her mother. When I say this, when God gives counsel to us, whether through directly through His Word or through people, He is giving us wisdom that He's not saying is requisite upon us, but if we're wise, we'll listen to both. Not only what He commands us to do, but we'll listen to counsel, meaning the wisdom, like a message like tonight. Uh, there is the commandment, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, but there's also counsel to say, in general, perk your ears up, listen for wisdom, and it'll come to you. There's advice given that we can forgo if we wish, but the wise person hangs on every word of wisdom. The wise person says, I want to be wealthy when it comes to knowing how to use truth, to apply it to life so that I have treasure in heaven someday. That's the wise ear. It listens 
with a heart of submission, mission, we, the way we dealt with it last week is the wise ear listens and it's called the obedient ear. It's an obedient ear, meaning I listen. How do you know? Let's put it to you this way. How do you know that a skillful attorney that's trying to get a guilty person off the hook listens differently, listens differently than a juror who simply wants to get to the bottom of the truth? Is there a different ear? One is listening for a loophole. Some people listen to preaching that way. I'm going to find an inconsistency in the application of the message so that I don't have to apply it. We went out to knock on a door today, and the first places we were were interesting, to say the least. <laughs> and we go to knock on the door, and the lady inside says, well, the son answers the door, he's 16, and he says that nothing's true except for what you believe and that truth is relative. And I said, is that true? So you're, he says, no, that's not true. It's a paradox. Well, mom, we're standing, she says, I, uh, she says, I'm a Mormon. I said, well, are you active? Well, no. It's meaning the reason it was stated, I'm a Mormon, is so we could say, well, you don't want to talk to us here, <laughs> right? Then the very cheerful lady next door says, I was raised in Southern Baptist Church and I don't have any time or room for what you're doing. Man, you were raised in Southern Baptist Church and you don't want the Word of God? She says, not, doesn't trump what I'm doing. Here's what was going on. That was code for, I am a godless person and I don't want to talk to you. But what was said was, I was raised in church, I got my religion. They were not listening to get truth. They were talking to defray and put away truth. Now listen to me now. Sometimes we listen the same way. What inconsistency can I find in the life of a preacher, a teacher, a parent, or in the way that it's applied because I really don't want to apply this anyway. And so you listen that way. I promise you, you'll never respond to any message ever because you'll always find a loophole. That's the ear of a scorner and a scoffer and a fool. The ear of the wise says, you know what? There may be some error or inconsistency in the humans that God's using in my life, but they are tools to impart wisdom to me, and every word of wisdom that comes from them, I'm going to grab it and use it. I've said this many times, and I believe it. A fool can never learn from a wise man, but a wise man can even learn from a fool. That's why we have records of fools in our Bible. You know what? Men like uh, Abigail's husband, who is a churlish man, Nabal, he never learned from anybody, but David learned from him. We can learn from him not to be a churlish fool like he was. And so my point is this tonight. The ear of the wise listens with the intent of resigning whatever I think to the wisdom I'm given. Meaning, if you can show me that my judgments are false and that my conclusions are errant, I will immediately put them away and trade them for the truth. That's how we listen, with the, an instructable, teachable heart. Um, if, if, if we were to go and work on a car, and some of you have done a lot more automotive mechanic work than I have, and we were to go out there, and I've already decided, though, man, I don't want you to think I'm a dunce. And so, if you know something more than me, I'll just act like I know it until... You know, you're gone. We'll figure that out later. I'm not going to learn anything. But if I can be honest and say, you know what? I know very little, but if you can teach me something, I want it. I've watched people that love to learn, and they are their, their lives are filled with wisdom. 
Because they say, I'm always willing to learn something else that I don't know, and especially in the spiritual sense. I'm not talking about just collecting knowledge. I'm talking about collecting wisdom. So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. I've, I've rambled on long enough. My son, verse 8, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. I've watched in my own life, at every season of my life, whether childhood, teenage years, young adult or adult, Satan has seemed to always try to do something to cut my ears off from my parents. Isn't that amazing? Now, I'm a grown man. I'm almost 41 years old, and I believe this. I know I am not duty-bound to obey my mom and dad as I did when I lived at home. I'm a grown man. I'm responsible to Jesus Christ. But the Bible says to bind the instruction and the laws of my parents about my neck. There are things my mom and dad taught me that God taught me through them that I'm not supposed to let go of, even as an adult. But I'll find this. The channels of instruction in your life, uh, so your Bible, your parents, your pastor, uh, teachers and, and mature saints in your life that are there to teach you how to be a Christian, Satan will do what he can to shut your ear to those sources of knowledge and wisdom. So God says throughout Proverbs over and over and over and over, children should listen to their parents. So he says it here, Proverbs 1.8, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. Then he says in Proverbs 4.1, I'm going to move through these a little quicker now, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. Proverbs 8.33 Proverbs 8.33 says, Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. So we're to hear it, be wise, don't refuse instruction. Uh, we went over so much of this last week. The ear of the wise hears swiftly, but it hears submissively, meaning it's teachable. The ear of the wise is always willing to be taught what is true and right. And so then Proverbs 19, verse 20. Proverbs 19, verse 20. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. That's the text that talks about counsel, not necessarily commandments. He just differentiates between counsel and instruction. But we're supposed to hear both. The ear of the wise will take in both and not reject it. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 17. Proverbs 22, 17. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. The, I tell you what, you want the words of the wise right here. We have 66 books, words of wisdom that God has packaged for us and preserved for us and how wise we would be to bow down our ear to it and listen to learn uh, how to, to do right and serve the Lord. Proverbs 23, verse 19. Hear thou my son and be wise and guide thine heart in the way. All of these verses communicate the same thing. Hear with the intent of learning You're the student. God is the teacher. We're the student. Parents are the teacher. You know what? If you've ever taught anybody, you'll know this. The person who already has all the knowledge they need has all the knowledge they'll ever get. The person who has all the wisdom that one can gain has all the wisdom they ever will gain. The teachable person says, I want to learn from God. God gives us numerous channels. Primarily, we have the Bible. He gives us, of course, the author of the Bible when He saves us to instruct us in it. You realize the Holy Ghost is primarily a teacher. He is given to us to bring all things to our remembrance and to guide us into all truth. And so if I am 
I've got an ear that's listening for, uh, I want to know what's right. I want to be taught how to live a holy life. I want to be taught how to lay treasure up in heaven. I want to learn how to pray. You know, the disciples one day said to the Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. And immediately Jesus went into teaching them how to pray. You know why? They had an ear. They want to learn. Lord, teach us how to do that. And so then, you're the wise. The way we're to listen as God's children, swiftly, submissively to commandments and to counsels, whether it is directly instructed or it is simply wisdom deposited. I believe sometimes God gives us counsel to test us. Are you going to be wise enough to take my advice and implement it? I ain't going to make you. But are you going to be wise enough to gather it and implement it into your life? How many of you have ever been given counsel by someone older and wiser than you? And when they gave it at the moment, you thought, I don't, I don't see the wisdom in that. I have, a, I, have a, I have some points in my life, and for everybody, their brain doesn't work like mine does. But there are turning points where lights flipped on, and I have preserved in my memory those accounts. And I remember after Jenny Beth and I were married, we were already living out here. We were going to go back east. It wasn't too long after we moved out here. And we had to deal with a situation that was sticky, to say the least. It was involving some family members, and some weren't doing right. And it was just kind of sticky. And I was talking to my dad about it, and he gave me some very... Uh, good advice. It wasn't, he was not my, uh, direct authority. He said, if I were you, this is what I would do, and it will save you a lot of trouble down the line. And I thought, no, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. And he just, he, he's wonderful about that. Here's what I, here's some advice. You can take it or leave it. And that was, he, and that was it. And I decided, I just don't think that was the best. It wasn't, what I was deciding to do wasn't in violation of any Bible principle other than not listening to counsel. And I remember this day as an adult, knowing that my dad said, this is the approach I would take. And I thought, but nah, I think this, I think it'd be fine. He saw some dangers I didn't see. He had enough wisdom, lived long enough. He could see some things that were impending. It happened exactly as he thought it would. I mean, that thing blew up like a stick of dynamite. It was not pretty. Had I followed his counsel, we could have avoided some conflict. But I didn't. And so now I look back and I think, you know what? I'll be honest with you. After that day, I thought, okay, okay, okay. If my dad gives me advice or any person as much that has lived longer and has more wisdom than I do, if they've lived less than I have and they have more wisdom than I do. But especially, I, I could see my dad was trying to help me. It was rooted in love for me and my family. I thought, I will not blow it by like I did that time again. That was disastrous to not listen. And it was. And if I just listened, if I just, and that wasn't a commandment, it was counsel. My point is this tonight, God wants us to get to the point where we want wisdom so much that we're all ears and we listen submissively, swiftly and submissively. Thirdly, the child of God should listen systematically, systematically. Go to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom is personified in Proverbs chapter 8. It's like a woman speaking uh, and she is personified here. Um, and so, uh, Proverbs, I believe it's chapter 13, says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. And that's Proverbs 8, 17. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. So, wisdom has to be sought for. It doesn't come to you on accident. And that's why we must listen uh, swiftly, and we must listen submissively. But it's also why we must listen systematically. By that, I mean there needs to be an established pattern of seeking and expecting wisdom from God. Look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34, or verse 33. Hear instruction 
and be wise and refuse it not. Now listen to verse 34. Blessed is the man that heareth me watching, how often? Daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my door. For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Now look very quickly at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. One of the reasons that we encourage people Get in a habit, establish a scheduled time to read your Bible, because this is where the gates of wisdom are, right here in your Bible. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Psalm 1. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Meaning there, you are systematically approaching the word of God and the throne of grace to obtain wisdom. Again, James 1.5, uh, If any of you lack wisdom, just let him wait on it. It'll come. No, no. Let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. I believe this. You ought to be systematically looking for instruction from God and the, the channels he's ordained in your life, the scripture, your parents, your pastors, teachers, the people God's put in your life to instruct you the, and, 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 and looking for it, longing for it. There should be an established pattern. The Bible says, They that wait daily at my gates. Again, verse 34 of Proverbs 8. Blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily at my gates. That tells me someone has an established, systematic seeking out of wisdom from God. Wisdom is more than available. If you'll seek her, you'll find her. Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. We're not talking, we're talking about ask and seek and find. We're not talking about daily seeking salvation. Once you've been saved, you're saved once and for all. We're talking about as a child of God, seeking knowledge and understanding so I know what kind of decisions I need to make in my life. If you and I live our lives flying by the seat of our pants, for lack of a better term, we'll land according to the way we fly. Right? You better believe it. But if we seek wisdom, we'll find it. There must be a systematic seeking of wisdom. You need to have an established time seeking the face of God, the Holy Spirit of God, opening your heart to the counsel of the Holy Spirit of God daily. Daily. And I believe morning and night saying, Lord, I need wisdom. That's why Jesus said, ask this way, give us this day our daily bread. That bread speaks of the Word of God that instructs us and gives us wisdom. And so then... The ear of the child of God should hear swiftly. We should hear submissively. We should hear systematically. I'll give one more example. In Genesis, I believe it's chapter 19, the Bible says Abraham rose early and went unto the place where he met with God. Abraham had an... There are people today that mock this kind of thing. You pastors that are teaching you need a place and you need a time. You're legalistic. I can't imagine anybody who's saved having a problem with teaching people to prioritize time with God. And you just a little rant there, forgive me. Something wrong when people are discouraging you from establishing communion with God. Well, you can't replace it with I'm gonna tell you something. And people don't do this. They don't say it's wrong to plan to go to work. They don't do that, do they? 
It's legalistic to plan to go to work every day. You mean you get up every morning at the same time to go to work? They don't preach that to be idolatry. No, that's normal. But you shouldn't plan to read your Bible. Let the Spirit lead you. If He's leading you, He'll establish you in all your ways, including systematically seeking wisdom from God. You'll never get it if you don't plan it and execute. You've got to have a time and a place, and it should come sooner, not later. So we should hear swiftly, submissively, systematically. Fourthly, we should hear selectively. You and I must decide what we're going to listen to and what we're not. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27. Proverbs 19, 27. There are some things we need to turn our ear off to. The Bible says if we refuse to hear the law that God's not going to hear us. He, Proverbs 28, verse 9, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer should be abomination. You, you and I don't want to do that. We've already covered that, though. If we got a submissive ear, you're hearing God's instruction. But there is some instruction that will cause us to err. And God counsels us and commands us, turn off any counsel in your life that's causing you to err. Proverbs 19, verse 27, Cease, my son, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. An ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. Meaning there are people that through their instruction, they're going to teach you how to dismiss the word of God. They're going to to hate the judgments of the Bible, and they're going to start breaking down and arguing down the clear instruction and judgments of Scripture, Proverbs 19.29, judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the back of fools. God says this, there's going to be instruction in your life that's going to cause you to deviate from the conclusions of the Word of God, the words of knowledge. Not what God knows He has revealed to us, what we need to know, and there are things that are going to cause us to err. There's a lot of influence in our lives today that is, in, that, is, that is countering the judgments of the Bible. There are books read that, that are going to teach you that um, the way of salvation... Well, for you Baptists, the way of salvation is by grace through faith, and we respect your belief. But there's others of us who have an equal gospel that says it's grace and works. Hey, that's causing you to err from the words of knowledge. There's instruction out there that's going to say, you know what? Yes, the Bible says this, but... And it's going to start breaking down and, and, and discrediting the judgments of the Word of God. God says what you've got to do that is turn it off. Cease to hear the instruction that causeth the air. There are New York Times bestsellers on the market today that are going to teach you how to abuse and misuse God's grace in your life instead of teaching the Christian how to live holy lives as God has instructed us to do, not to get saved, but because we're saved. There are entire books that break down what Hebrews does not mean and what James does not mean and how it does not apply to your life and why Titus 2, 11 through 14 does not mean you're not supposed to go out and drink alcohol. And it doesn't mean that you can't have a little fling now and then. God understands we are but dust. You know what kind of men write those books? Lascivious, licentious, God-hating men. And they are preaching their lives. They're not preaching the Bible. And if you've got instruction in your life that's causing you to discredit and discount and question God's Word, cease to hear it. See, we've got to be selective in our hearing. I have at times 
had my radio dial on and some man who was called a preacher said something and I have literally vocally said, I've heard enough. Say, why? Because you're angry? Well, yeah, a little bit. But I didn't let the sun go down in my wrath. I was supposed to be angry and sin not. Hey, there's a time to be angry. Someone's lying to people and leading them astray. That ought to stir something in us. But more this. There's some things I think, stop listening to that. It'll start breaking down my convictions. God says, if it's breaking down your convictions of faith, cease. We're going to be selective in our hearing. There is purposeful instruction. You know what? When you're saved and God saved you, God gave you a new heart, and that heart is pure. And it's hard for you to fathom anybody that would intentionally try to deceive another person for their destruction. Sheep just don't think like wolves. But sheep have got to know there are wolves in sheep's clothing. There are people out there whose entire intent for writing a book is to get you to stop believing what this book says. And if that's their intent, and you become aware of that, how many have ever noticed this? You start having difficulty, something you used to believe, and all of a sudden you're doubting it, you're questioning it. And maybe you say, I I don't remember anything like that. Well, live as a Christian very long, and you will. Something that you've been convinced of through the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, through your reading, through preaching, it is a verifiably biblical truth. And all of a sudden, you begin to doubt it. You begin to question. Almost inevitably, you can trace some voice in your life is challenging that truth. It may be uh, a book you've read. It may, be, uh, it may be something you're reading on the Internet. It may be something you're listening to on the radio. It may be, uh, I don't know why, it may be just another Christian friend who has gone astray. I don't know what it may be, but if you've got a voice in your life that's causing you to err from the words of knowledge, God says, cease to hear it. We've got to be selective. Oh, that Lot would have been more selective. There is purposeful instruction, meaning there's instruction given that is in absolute conflict with the Word of God. But there's also passive influences. Go if you would to 2 Peter chapter 2. There are passive influences in our lives. There are some things that will influence us and vex our soul simply because we've exposed ourselves to them. Uh, the word vex means to afflict. It carries the idea of, of, of um, it's what Delilah did to Samson. She vexed him. Um, it means to plague, to torment, to harass, to afflict, to disturb, to disquiet, to agitate, to trouble. How many of you like having all that done to you? There are some things, they weren't designed to do that, meaning someone didn't say, all right, I'm going to do this in your life. It's just the effect that they have on the child of God. There are some things, because we've got a new nature in us, they are mud for our ears. It's, it's going to, how I mean, you know this? You take a sheep and you go throw him in a hog lot, and what's it going to do to him? It's going to vex him. There are some environments you and I just need to stay out of. We just need to stay out of them. Lot put himself in an environment. It did, the Bible calls him a righteous and a just man. But he was a righteous and a just man that day by day was agitated, frustrated, afflicted, tormented because of the environment he chose because he was following his lust instead of God. When you look, people, men, we've got to go out in the lost world and work. We can't help that. Abraham had to go interact with people. He had to buy a tomb from some godless people, but he conducted himself wisely. But he did not go and live in the middle of Sodom. (laughs) Lot did. Sometimes we wonder, why am I so agitated? Why do I not have the joy of the Lord? Well, you're bringing the slop of the world into your living room or onto your hand or into your computer, and we're surrounding ourselves with the filth of the world and wonder why we're agitated. (laughs) 
Some things, just just by hearing them all the time, it is an ill effect on the child of God. I understand some things we have no choice over. We can't control a co-worker's mouth. We, we, we can't do that. But look, at we have a choice as to what environment we create around us, don't we? I understand I can't help what's on a billboard, but I can help what's in my living room. Second Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Uh, the Bible says, and delivered just Lot. That doesn't mean only Lot. The word just there means he was justified. And delivered just Lot. Here it is. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. One of the things that is, that is troubling, I mentioned it this morning, it has become, if you walk down this street at twilight, what do you think is the common denominator in almost every window? The TV's on. I believe, I believe this on my heart, whether it's a TV screen or a computer screen or a phone screen, the world has found how to get its influence into every heart and home. You and I are to be guardians over that. We're to be selective. You know, here's what happens. So many people, even think about this. It's just, and I, and I know many of this is not your habit, but so many people, they have the habit of you walk in the house, you turn the TV on, it stays on the entire time you're in the house. You leave, it's on. You come in, it's on. And what's going on? I got news for you. I've sat in some motel lobbies where we've had to stay the, the night and thought, oh, man, turn that thing off. Game shows on TV. And they are they're making light of the most vile, filthy things you can ever think of. And here's what Lot did. He moved his family into the midst of a godless society, surrounded himself with it when he had a choice. He didn't have to do that. He chose to immerse himself with a life of ungodly living. Now, one question, if it vexed his righteous soul day by day, did he not have the ability to move? So why didn't he? Because he moved there for the wrong reasons. He had not the power to leave. Every day in Sodom was a grief to Lot. Isn't that amazing? He chose a life that vexed him until the day he died. And he died, and he's in heaven today. The Bible says he was a righteous man Yet he chose a life that vexed him. You know what? We feel sometimes like, well, you know, we have to choose this and we have to choose that. And boy, we hear what the wicked are doing and it's around us and it vexes us. We have a choice. We have a choice with what we surround ourselves with. And the child of God should listen selectively. There is instruction that causes to err. But there is influence that's not so purposeful more than it is passive, meaning it's just what the wicked do. And if you immerse yourself in a wicked culture, it's going to vex your soul. And here's what happens. What kind of a testimony did Lot... Lot's in heaven, but what kind of testimony did that man have? None. Why? Because of his life choices. What he chose to surround himself with. How many of you would want to be like him? You'd see his, his, his life of faith. I'm sure his sons-in-law said, look at Lot. Look at our father-in-law. What a joyful man. No, he was constantly vexed. I know a lot of saved people today who are more miserable than lost people. I hate to say this, but I fear that most saved people in America are because we have camped our our houses right in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah 
when we look, Abraham lived within, he lived close enough to Sodom and Gomorrah to see the smoke rising. But he didn't live in it. You and I can't help. Do you think Abraham knew what went on in Sodom and Gomorrah? Did it vex his soul? No, because he's systematically listening to God. Lot is, without trying to, constantly listening to the wicked. All he can hear. I'll just say this tonight. What you choose to listen to has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to go to heaven, but it has so much to do with whether or not somebody else is going to. You know what? Lot made no difference in anybody else's life, but Abraham made a difference in his. Now, tonight, I don't know about you, I want to make a difference in somebody else's life, and it's worth it to me to keep my, myself out of Sodom and Gomorrah and out of all the allure. Look, how many of you think Sodom and Gomorrah was, were beautiful cities? I think they must have been beautiful places. They said, man, wouldn't it be nice to live there? You young people, you better be careful what lifestyle you're setting your eyes on right now. Because to gain that lifestyle, you may have to camp right in the midst of the wicked to get it. And you won't lose your salvation. You just lose your testimony. You lose your family. You lose your influence. So tonight, the child of God needs to listen swiftly, submissively, systematically, and selectively. Mm-hmm.